It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, August 1st, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The window to file for a spot on the municipal election ballot this October is closing soon. The filing period ends on Friday afternoon, and so far only two people have filed to run for three open seats on the Sitka Assembly. Monday morning, Assemblymember Tim Pike filed to run for re-election. Pike was appointed to fill a vacancy on the Assembly following the resignation of Dave Miller last fall. KCAW's Catherine Rose spoke with Pike about his decision to pursue a full three-year term. You came uh, to the Sitka Assembly last fall to fill a vacancy left by Dave Miller. And I think when we spoke then, uh, you said, when I asked you whether you run for a full term after your your appointment ended, you said it was too soon to say. Now you've been on the Assembly for 10 or 11 months or so and have clearly decided you you do want to pursue a full three years. What what made you come to that decision? You know, I think it's, uh, it's interesting. Once you get involved with this process, you realize that a lot of these issues are very important to the people of Sitka, but the resolution of them is not quick. So, um, you know, as I've begun to be part of this process and to get uh, into some of these issues, I realize that, you know, in some cases I'd like to see them resolved. So it's going to just take a little bit longer. And, and prior to your time on the Assembly, you hadn't served in public office before, right? Correct. But you had served um, on the Sitka Education Association? That is correct. Can you talk a little bit about about that experience? Did that inform your decision to kind of jump up um, when that assembly seat became vacant? Uh, I don't think I would characterize it quite like that. The Sitka Education Association leadership is a little bit different. It's a group of people you know pretty well. um, And um, you're working on a very specific sort of narrow focus of things related to education and students and, you know, and uh, learning and things like that. Um, and labor. Uh, and the assembly is a much broader experience with many more um, moving parts and pieces and, uh, you know, involves more of Sitka, the, the whole population of Sitka. So. What experience do you think prepared you the most for that that role? Um, yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I it's a, it sounds a little bit um, presumptuous, perhaps, but just the life experience. I've been involved with and paid attention to a lot of these issues through the years. And so, I mean, I, I'd like to think I didn't show up at the assembly uninformed as to what was important to Sitka. So um, I spent quite a bit of time in the past being interested in these sort of things. So um, I, I think it was just being involved in Sitka and being involved in, in paying attention to these issues. What issues or, or goals are kind of rising to the top for you over these next three years? What are you going to be paying attention to? What are you... What are you going to be putting the most work into on the assembly? Yeah, I think affordability in Sitka is going to be really important. Energy, uh, both the production of and the costs associated with it, trying to keep the cost down to the to the users. Um, you know, in the next few years, we're going to reach kind of the we're going to reach the capacity of our electrical system, uh, perhaps most on some days, I should say. And we're going to need to figure out how we want to go forward in producing more and conserving and so forth. We're certainly electrifying many more things in our community, which is a good thing uh, in terms of, um, you know, our future. But it is going to push push our system to the limit. So I think the, the affordability in all sorts of ways, including electrical uh, and, and under affordability includes the child care situation that we're 
ourselves in. I think those are, that's going to be that is an important part of how we keep young families in Sitka and and so forth. And I the assembly and the city has a role in that. I don't think it's the city's problem alone to solve, but I think it's one that that we're going to need to deal with. And then infrastructure, just kind of overall. So infrastructure in terms of roads and electrical and, and uh, water sewer, um, the whole the whole thing. So you know, it's we're a mature community. We have aging infrastructure, and we're going to need to focus our attention on that. And I can't get away from education. I mean, I'm a teacher, so I, you know, I I value our community's emphasis on education, and we want to set our students up for their futures. So we need to continue to resource education adequately so that our students can have the best chance for success. Why Why should Sitkins vote for you this fall? Um, I like to think myself as a thoughtful person who spends time becoming informed on something before I make a decision about it, and uh, I think that's a a valuable situation for or that's valuable for the community as a whole to to uh, see me do and and um, those are the kind of decisions we need to make going forward. That was Tim Pike, who is running to keep his seat on the Sitka Assembly this fall. Pike is the second candidate to throw his hat in the ring for one of three open seats. Newcomer Austin Cranford also filed to run for Assembly last week. As of press time, no one had filed to run for a seat on the Sitka School Board. The filing period closes at 5 p.m. on Friday, August 4th. KCAW is reaching out to all candidates as they file for interviews. In the coming weeks, we'll be publishing those interviews on our website, along with candidate questionnaires and several forums, which we'll host in mid-September. Sitka's municipal election is Tuesday, October 3rd. Three more communities in the eastern Aleutians have high-speed broadband internet. GCI said in a statement that the schools and clinics in Sandpoint, King Cove, and Accutan are all hooked up to the company's fiber-optic cable. The company calls it a major milestone in closing the digital divide between urban and rural communities. GCI began planning its Aleutians fiber project in 2017. It aims to connect a dozen communities to 800 miles of subsea fiber optic cable running from Kodiak to Unalaska. Unalaska was the first to come online late last year. Only the clinics and schools in those eastern Aleutian communities are now online, but GCI says plans are in the works to connect residents as well. The company says residents in Sand Point and King Cove can expect to use the service at home by the end of the year. GCI was recently in court over their internet service. In May, the Alaska-based communications company agreed to pay over $40 million to settle a federal lawsuit. The suit alleged that GCI inflated its prices in rural areas, including the Eastern Aleutians. The U.S. prosecutors said GCI inflated prices when entering into a contract with Eastern Aleutian Tribes, the primary health care provider in the region. The community gym portion of Petersburg's Parks and Recreation Center closed on Monday as the local borough fixes sewer lines at the site. Residents won't be able to use the gym, weight room, racquetball court, and more until likely mid-September. As KFSK's Hannah Floor reports, the Petersburg borough is paying for the fixes through a fund for unexpected maintenance projects. The lobby of the Petersburg Aquatic Center, usually home to decorative fabric jellyfish and a few kids struggling to put socks on damp feet, is now crammed with weight machines and treadmills. It's an attempt to provide a few of the services from the other side of the building that's now closed. The gym and workout areas are blocked off for sewer line repair. 
Petersburg Borough's Parks and Rec Director Stephanie Payne says that the plumbing issues are long-standing. You know, it started with one toilet not flushing, and then the water fountain wouldn't drain, and then we're starting to see backups, you know, further down the line, the sewer line, um, over towards the aquatic center. And so it's just been getting worse and worse. Last fall, the center did an assessment of the problems. It turned out that the underground brackets that hold the sewer pipes are failing, which is causing the pipes to buckle. Payne says it has taken since last September to get all of the paperwork and contracts in order for repairs. Part of that process included getting funding from the Petersburg Borough. Because the repairs were not scheduled, they were not in the annual budget. The money had to come from the borough's property development fund, which is used specifically for unexpected municipal maintenance. The borough has contracted with Ketchikan Mechanical Incorporated to do the work at around $500,000. That's more than half of what was in the fund. But borough manager Steve Giesbrecht says that even if another big repair project comes up this year, the borough has various resources to make sure it gets done. In general, most of those type of projects are within our means to pay for it. You know, it doesn't mean it's pleasant. We don't like writing checks that we don't have to. Um, you know, it's taxpayer money and we want to try to use it well. But, you know, we also want to keep our Parks and Rec Department operational and having bathrooms and showers is kind of a big part of that. So. While Ketchikan Mechanical Incorporated is doing the job, they are subcontracting with Rainforest Construction, a local company. Payne says having locals work on the project makes the whole thing run more smoothly. That's the cherry on the on the Sunday. You know, it's I walk back there. I know most of the guys that are back there working. I can communicate with them. It's like having my friends working on the building. The crew began work on Monday, July 24th, as soon as the paperwork was in order. Payne says summer is the slowest time for the community center, and she wanted to make sure that the bulk of the work was done during the slow months. But the finish date of September 15th means that school kids, who use the community gym for P.E., will have to go elsewhere for the first couple weeks of school. Payne says that Parks and Rec will put in extra effort to help find alternatives for the kids. You know, if we need to jump on deck and help, you know, if they choose to bring all the kids down to the aquatic side for those two weeks, we can jump in and help and just make it right, make it work in any way that we can. The sewer line work involves tearing up the flooring in some of the locker rooms. Parks and Rec doesn't have enough replacement tiles to redo the floors, so they're getting a makeover with Viking blue epoxy flooring. That makes Payne extremely happy. It'll be a nice change and easier to clean. Stoked. Stoked. Patrons will be able to see those new blue floors when the community gym reopens. Payne is hopeful that the work will be done before the hard end date of September 15th and says that the public will be notified if that is the case. In Petersburg, I'm Hannah Floor. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.